0: What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're in this bitch about to talk UFC Perry, and we're about to break it all down, all the fights that we feel like talking. I mean, we got the Gons return since he got obliterated, got Spivak on the rise, that boy Benoit St. Denise, the return of Rose. I mean, it's a nice little card, even though it is only like 10 fights all together. Still a nice little card. As always, go down, like, and subscribe, comment your favorite bet, your favorite pick, your favorite fighter this weekend. As always, this is Paul Pick'em, Win'em, Concha, and I'm joined with...
1: You already know, man. It's that boy Kev, Waterboy Savoy, a.k.a. the Dom P.Y.E., a.k.a. the realest on your screen. But, man, so, Paul, you know how I feel about the, Par- the Parisian fighters. So how are we, how we coming for this card? We waking up, what time is it? Doesn't this card start, like, at 3? Oh no! Uh,
0: the main card starts at three. The prelims start at twelve thirty, Eastern time. And
1: I have a volunteering event from eleven to two. No, no, no! I'm lying. I'm lying. From eleven thirty to ten. So, I'm leaving the volunteering event to come watch this card because my brother also plays his um. My brother has his first football game of the year at one, so I got to go watch that at the house. So now, let me know: is it worth it? Is it worth it? No,
0: this ain't worth it unless you're watching the last few fights. Because honestly, the prelims start at 1230, main card starts at three. People that don't know quick math, that's two and a half hours of prelim action, right? As of right now, there's four fights on the prelim. Oh. There's been so many cancellations, so many dropouts for this card. The card's already here. You know, Dana White's not going to scrap the card. So we got a total of 10 fights this, or not even 10, a total of nine fights now after the last dropout. Five on the main card, four on the prelims. This might be one of the first times, few times where the prelims have less fights than the main card. But you're telling me for a two and a half hours, because UFC, now that they're part of ESPN and all the ESPN TV deals, they got to fit ads into things, this and that. They're set on that time. Like they're not going to be able to shorten it, this and that. So like, there's going to be a fuckload of commercials. There's going to be a fuckload of breaks in between fights. We're going to get a lot of John Anik and them boys talking. They might talk about Paris and this and that. And, like, we might get a lot of fighter profiles, a lot of videos and this and that. But, like, I am not looking forward to this car because of the fact that it's going to be a five, four-hour event. And there's only going to be nine fights.
1: Um, that's all ESPN+. Plus. Woo, Damn, Paul, I'm not gonna lie to you. That was some that was some great podcasting journalism right there. Like that was, yeah. That, that's
0: why other promotions have better timing. Like the way their fights are just rolling to the next fight. Let's keep the thing going. Keep the energy's high from start to finish.
1: One every, every six, Friday night, yeah, every US Friday morning. Since,
0: ever since they got these TV deals and they're bougie and they got to an answer to their bosses, they're not their own boss anymore. They got to an answer to Disney and ESPN and the higher ups and all that. Like, you booked for five hours, you're going to have to stay here for five hours. And it's like, there's only nine fights. Like, that's the biggest complaint right now with UFC. It's not the content. It's not the quality. It's the time per event. We don't need these four-hour events if there's only going to be 12 fights. Like, just cut it back a little. And they're not going to. They're going to get paid from all their money sources through this. So, unfortunately, there might be – I mean, this might be a great fight where you can watch for 10, 15 minutes. And if you have shit to do, go to the store real quick. Come back because the the next one <laughs> might not have started yet. Like you, you have.
1: <laughs> oh, that's crazy, Dude, man! I'm breath. You got go go take that bathroom break. Go go grab those blunts. Go get them snacks real quick. You straight. Go go to your homies' house. You'll make it damn time before the next one.
0: Probably. Uh, I know we're, we're only going to be talking a few fights on the main card, just because how many people have dropped out. There isn't too much to talk on the prelims. But as I was looking up the prelims before we started recording, I do have to shout out real quick. That boy. So we got a UFC prospect Farid Basharat, second fight on the prelims, minus 350, 10-0 fighter. And he. It, I think he's. Uh, this is his third fight in the UFC. He's coming off the Dana White Contender Series where he got – unanimous decision win over Begasso and then he followed up that with another unanimous decision win over Damon Blackshear back in March this year, which we know is a dog but he's taking he's taking on my guy who we didn't get to see fight last time because he came in overweight Clodson Rodriguez shoot uh, shoot boxing MMA, he trains Oliveira, he's over there like he's with the killers, they're all hyping him up as the next great thing he was on a card a few weeks ago when I was – he was a big underdog, and I was telling you, like, don't sleep on Klotz and Rodriguez. Like, they're talking about he's the next hitter out of shoot boxing. And here we are again. Hopefully he can make weight, at, um make the 125 weight limit. He is plus 275 on the underdog, and I'm I'm probably going to sprinkle a little bit on him. Hopefully he makes weight, Uh, but I'm sprinkling. I don't know much about Fareed. He has beaten a good fighter and Demon Blackshear. But at almost three to one odds, it isn't bad to sprinkle a little bit on KR because KR, from what other hitters are telling me, he's a hitter, and I'm willing. The last time I've seen something like that, I I went with it, and it, it paid out well. So I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to follow this trend.
1: You already know how we come, in. real shoot box guys. You feel me? Don't get me wrong, it's CKB for life. But I'm, not, that's on the front. On the back, I got that real shoot box. On the on the back, you feel me? So I respect it. Let's see what my dog got to do, man. Let's see what my dog got to do.
0: If Fareed is out of Afghanistan, he trains at Extreme Couture, which is a great gym, don't get me wrong. But Afghanistan, I mean, they're not, it's almost like how we talk like with India. Like, yeah, you can be a good Indian fighter. There's not many, and it's because it's not a culture of this, and you don't train since you're a kid. It's just harder. You know, somebody, there's a reason why there's not many hitters coming out of these places. So, like, I'm gonna rock with the Brazilian as a three to one underdog here. Y'all heard it here first. Okay,
1: that boy Paul got y'all some. That's so low key money. Get that. Get that.
0: And then let's talk about the return of Rose. We kept talking about it a few weeks ago. We, I mean, we've been. A, I feel like we've been talking about it since the Zong fight. Like for two weeks in a row, we've talked about Rose. Right. Nice, which is
1: and more here- than any time in this podcast that
0: yeah, and here we are now. She's make her return. She's moving up the weight class. She's not going back to straw weight. She's gonna move into the flyweight. She's she's thirty one years old. Weight cut is kind of hard. She thinks this is gonna be better for her onto better things. Her last fight was a title fight in which she lost. So like former champion coming in as a plus one fifty five underdog to Marion Firou, who's ten and one minus one eighty. Like prime. She's oh no, she's not a prime. She's thirty three. But she looks like she's like 25 the way she's built. Like she's built like a fucking she built like Alicia Baumgartner, bro. Yeah. She's coming off of I mean, she has good wins, but I would just say her since joining the UFC 5-0, oh, wins over Victoria Leonardo, Tabatha Ricky, Myra Bruno Silva, Jennifer Maya, and Kaitlyn Chukian. Three of those, four of those five are hitters. Right. And yeah. all of them are decision wins or a knockout. So, an unanimous decision wins, too. But the biggest one to me is the Kalen Shuikian fight. Like, Kalen Shuikian, one of the better stand up fighters. And Marion Firu just completely outclassed her on the feet as the smaller person, shorter reach, and everything. Not, Rose is known for her great BJ, her great all aroundness she, she can stand up with you. She got the head kick on Zong, KO in 30 seconds. Everyone remembers that. She has a lot of submission wins under her belt. She's really good on the ground. I do find this fight very interesting, though, because she is moving up in weight class. We haven't seen her in a little while. She is a former champion, like, fresh off a championship still. But, I mean, Mayim Farouk just kind of seemed like she's the, the hitter at flyweight right now. Top five ranking and all. Like, it's kind of – this is a big first fight back in the new weight class. I would
1: say is in rank number two.
0: Oh, she ranked number two. Yeah, All right. I knew she was top tuss- five. But I didn't I know say, exactly
1: where. I want to say Chefchenko is one, through it's number two. Then it goes Blanchfield, then Santos, then Tatiana Suarez. Maybe I could be wrong, but I'm here to hate. I was so gassed up for Rose and am a I'm still. I was ready. to She just came off a Women's Fighter of the Year. She was doing her thing, champ. She was killing the ball game. She was she was putting on for mental health. All that good shit. And then that last fight, they shit the bed. And that was my first and only time I've seen her fight. So that's all I can speak on. I didn't see that head kick against Zong. I didn't see her beat Joanna. So Rose is an accomplished fighter and she has been doing her thing for a second now. But what do you what do you put her at? Like, where do you put her at? Like, do you think she's gonna come in this bitch brand and new, ready to fuck shit up? New mindset. She spent time away, got her got got on some things tied up, and she's ready to come through and run through this division. Or do you think she's just like trying to continue on with her career?
0: So. I want to pick her because she's the underdog, and she's she. I mean, if you look at strawweight, she's currently ranked number two in the strawweight division still. So like, she's still a hitter. She's in a different weight class though, and, and I don't like the older fighters moving into different weight classes. I feel like we cover covered this a lot. But what's interesting is the one thing that makes me feel strong about you, is the fact that she fought Jennifer Maya, the wife of the great Damian Maya. She herself. Phenomenal BJJ, the top tier women BJJ artist, and I was better than Rose on the on the ground, 100. Does look at the 80 JCC records, all that shit. Jennifer Meyer is a fucking hitter when it comes to on the on rolling on the mat. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in Fair you they, you got her own takedowns on her and wasn't afraid to hit the mat with her. Huh? And she doesn't have any submissions under her record, under her belt. She does it like she's all usually on the feet. She can work in her offensive wrestling. But for her to be able to feel comfortable enough with her BJJ or a little bit of this and that, to take her down and be willing to go to the mat with her, I feel like there's a little bit of BJJ that we just don't know about or just haven't seen yet for her to feel that comfortable. And with that little piece of stuff, it makes me feel like Fair youth should probably be a bigger favorite here. Just because you're in a bigger weight class, this is her weight class, even though Rose – I know you're respecting Rose, but mentally we don't know where Rose is at. Rose has been kind of mentally out of it for a little while.
1: She, did she just did a little Aaron Rodgers. She was in the darkness.
0: Yeah, like – and, I mean, people people love Rose. So there might be a lot of people backing Rose. I'm going to be the person going for it. I mean, UFC knows what they're doing. When they host these fights in different countries, And. The home fighters typically win more times than not. Like this is like, and there's only like three people from France on this card, and there's only like five French fighters all together in the UFC. So I don't think is gonna hurt their stock in France by putting one of their better French fighters in a fight that they think they'll lose. If that makes
1: sense. Yeah, that's real. That's real shit.
0: Kind of like you get a win over someone who has name and status but it's a fight that if you don't know the name like if if, if it was just no one knew anything she should win almost every time like it's a, it's a more likely than not she should win but because name and status is added to it people feel like Rose should win also but after she gets the rose name on her resume it's like oh we gotta we gotta fucking kill her on the streets here like France stand up
1: yeah, I could see that happening. I think Viria is um is a big deal. She's um a problem, and if, even if Rose did lose this fight, it wouldn't kill her stock in this division. She would just have to kind of battle it out with all the motherfuckers that's going in right now. But I'm gonna believe in Rose one more time. I think I'm gonna believe in Rose one more time. I do like her fighting style, from what I've heard of. Never seen, but I've heard of. She can be an exciting fighter. And she can be a smart, technical fighter. So I think this is the fight where she isn't coming in with two 100 to stick to a very, very, very limited game plan. But this is the fight where she she's like she shows that like okay, I'm I'm some I am a problem in this division. I'm about to shake shit up too. And if okay. she comes in and does that, that turns that flips a lot of shit upside down. And this year of the UFC flyweight, I'm rapping about. The women's flyweight division is gonna be on the map if this shit goes down like that.
0: I mean, there's so many hitters right now. Like women's have been made to take a second, clap it for yourself. Like y'all came a long way since only having Ronda Rousey.
1: Nah, for real. Man, the New Year's is gone. There's gonna be they're gonna we're gonna be trying to put some new, some new light on people. Aaron Blanchfield is twenty four in this division. I can't remind you, speak on that enough. Like you feel me? So it's they got some shit coming down in this motherfucking um UFC in this um, women's flyweight division. So if Rose can come in and help shake this bitch up even more. I'm love, I'm here for it.
0: And then, as you know, I only spark my blunts for main events. Here we are, the return. I mean, not return. He was just fighting a little bit ago, but like how bad he went out, it feels like it's a return. Cyril gone. First fight since the John Jones loss, and he's taken on Sergey Spivak, who has been surging through the heavyweights this last year and a half. 3-0 since 2022. Greg Hardy knocked him out. Uh, Sakai knocked him out. Derek Lewis submitted him. Didn't need the judges for any of his last three fights. Now he's taken on Cyril Gahn and kind of paint the picture for everyone at home. Cyril gone. Looked like he never trained how to stop a takedown or uh, BJJ or anything in his life, but the way John Jones has ragdolled him and made it look so easy. But that's not to discredit who John Jones is. We're talking about arguably the GOAT. But it does look very bad if you're like someone like me who's a big Cyril Gone believer. Especially when the videos show him when John Jones is training in Albuquerque and then the shoots over to Gone. He's talking about. Yeah, but my FIFA team is kind of raw right now. Like, it, it's not a good look whenever you're doing that. And then also the show is like, oh, this motherfucker is good. If you have good BJJ or you have good wrestling, you might be able to dominate him. And Sergey Spivak, the odds show it. Like, if you're just going off name, a lot of people would think Gon's probably a big favorite here. Minus 160, Gon. Plus 135, Spivak. Spivak averages five takedowns a fight with a 66% takedown accuracy. He knows how to get you to the mat. He can maul. He mauls you. I mean, he knocked out Greg Hardy on the mat. Knocked out Sakai on the mat. He submitted uh, Derek Lewis on the mat. So he Sambo. He's a great Sambo fighter. He the polar. I love his MMA team, Polar Bear MMA. His nickname is Polar Bear. Like it's just every like his whole the, the whole camp team gym is surrounded for him to become great. Cyril gone still got all the tools in the arsenal to become a champion. Just probably has to work on some, a little bit more groundwork, more defensive wrestling, more defensive BJJ. But the moment John Jones is no longer in the division, there's really only going to be two hitters left. Only three hitters. There's going to be three hitters left in the division.
1: Kavlovich is going to be – Kavlovich is going to reign – have one of the longest reign as UFC champions. And then his biggest rival is going to be motherfucking – what's my – Tom Aspinall. The rest of these motherfuckers can sit down.
0: So, but bogs last loss is Tom Aspinall. Like, right before that three-fight win streak, I told you about his last fight before that, Tom Aspinall got knocked down in the first round.
1: It's okay. It's Tom Aspinall. He does that. But, Cyril is a good fighter. So, my biggest thing about Cyril is that y'all made me hate Cyril because – Y'all really were telling me, y'all, as in Paul and a lot of other motherfuckers, were really telling me that John Jones is about to get fucked up by Cyril Gunn. And I, like, like yeah. and I was like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? This dude got taken down by Francis Nagani. And it was hood nigga style. Like it wasn't even on some like technique. So like I'm like, John Jones is gonna kill him. I didn't expect John Jones to do a beautiful, masterful performance to where like even Cyril Gunn doesn't really know what the fuck happened. But he did that. But I'm also not tripping about that. I'm a firm believer that, like, John Jones is not only the greatest fighter, greatest um fighter of all time. I really feel like if this was a different era, a different generation, he would be, like, a conqueror somewhere. Like, he would be known as, like, and I don't think he would be a good guy. I think he would be, like, that one conqueror that's just, like, going around taking over everything. Like, putting him back in, like, ancient he Greek. He definitely wouldn't
0: Greek. be a good guy. 100,000% he would be a guy. I think, but
1: like I, but that's also. But I'm also saying that in the sense that, like, that's just the lifestyle that they lived out there. Like, they the people we respect: Alexander the Great, Ivan the Terrible. Like these motherfuckers are conquerors. They're going over taking buildings, burning shit, and raping women. Like you feel me? So like, I feel like John Jones would be killing on that. So that's why I don't get mad.
0: Drive in that scenario. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he would, and he would, he'd be known as like an undefeated ass motherfucker. And, like he would go, he would, his army would go up against Alexander the Great type shit. But I'm a firm believer that like, you don't, you can't hold that against Gon for getting killed like that. Like it's John Jones. He probably would have done that to most of the division. But so this is Cyril Gon's chance to really like make up for that because I don't think he underestimated John Jones. He knew he was the goat. I think he thought John Jones is a joke. And John peeped that, and that's why he just stayed quiet, just let him know that like yo bro, you ain't shit, I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna say too much. And that's what happened. So because it is like I think God's been sit down. He's taking shit way more serious, and I could be wrong. I could think he could be still in his bitch playing FIFA all day. But I think after what that after what his last fight happened, his second chance at a heavyweight championship. He's been he's taking this shit seriously. He's worked on takedown defense. He's worked on his footwork, and he knows he still has that power to crack. So if he comes into this fight with that, and yo, know, the UFC also like you said, the UFC knows their booking. So if so like they're really expecting this to be a good matchup for Cyril Gan after if he um I can see Cyril Gan winning this fight.
0: I like Cyril Gan, especially on the odds and everything. I like speededbuck like I was one of the people like I remember the first time I put y'all on the speedbuck with the Greg Hardy fight I was telling you I was like he's gonna wrestle fuck like he's gonna take Greg Hardy and just make sure that he knows you do not belong here and like for a whole two minutes, we sat there and just watched Spivak, this maul him. But like like I said, he goes up against Tom Aslan, gets knocked out. His fight before that, Alexi Olenek, who's like 40 years old right now. He gets the win over him. Jared Vandere, again, not that good of a fighter in UFC. Knocks him out. Carlos Felipe, who the fuck is that? Uh-huh. Gets a majority decision win over him. Not even a name, it's majority. Then his fight before that, Mason Tarbura, and he loses. And then he has a submission win over Ty before Ty becomes a thing. And then his UFC debut, he gets knocked out by Walt Harris. But anytime I feel like he's not fighting a can or fighting someone who does, he has no business hitting the mat. He probably wins. Derek Lewis is the only exception. And I would if it if it wasn't for Derek Lewis's fucking flying knee performance the last fight, it, I would be sitting here saying it's because Derek Lewis is no longer in the game. Like Derek Lewis is not here no more. But
1: I can't. That flying knee was so devastating that Brett said that like all his teeth were loose after that, and like he couldn't he was, like he couldn't eat anything solid after that fight. I thought that was crazy. This MMA shit is real. back to what you were saying.
0: Yeah. So. I can't say he only loses to good fighters. I mean, he only loses to good fighters, but he has a win over Derrick Lewis. I just want to point out to some people, because I even had to go back and relook at this. Gone's first two fights in the UFC, he won both of them by submission. Oh. Arm triangle, and I can't remember. I have never known that. Yeah, the arm triangle, and I can't remember the other one. But it wasn't like, because when I heard submission, I was like, oh, he probably got rear naked choke. Like, anybody in their can knows how to do a rear naked choke. You don't have to be a BJJ expert to know beyond their back, choke their neck. They might they might tap. Like, you don't have to be the best BJJ. Practice. But when I saw Arm Triangle, and I, maybe the other one was Kimura. When I saw the name, I was like, oh, like, he got got a little repertoire. Like, he, he's, not, he's not just not doing it. So... I had, to, I had to remind myself of that when I see this, because I feel like I can kind of paint myself with, like, oh, Spivak's going to be able to get him down. It's a five-round fight. Eventually, Gon's going to get a little tired. He's going to get him down. Spivak might edge it out, might do a little finish with a submission. But I just had to remember myself. I'm like, Cyril Gon, outside of the John Jones fight, I was screaming from the heavens how Gon's going to whoop their ass. And I just have to remember that. And I have to after I kind of wiped that John Jones fight out of my head to remember okay Cyril Gunn was really him. Like there was no hiccups. He wasn't fighting bums. Like he was fighting legit like the top talent before he got like uh before Francis and then uh John Jones. Like he was you find like Strike finished him. Uh Bolkov, who's like everybody's gatekeeper, destroyed him. Uh Derek Lewis in twenty twenty one when Derek Lewis was still kind of we we thought he was still on top of the world it was for the interim title fight uh knocks him out so i kind of got to remember who cyril gone really is and like, i just feel like this minus 155 odds for a guy who doesn't really beat anybody that's kind of even he, he beats decent fighters but he's not really knocking on that i'm not thinking speedbox where he's fighting for a title soon to be honest so like I gotta remember who Gon is. So I'm I'm rocking with Gon. and honestly, like my favorite bet of the night is just the Cyril Gon money line. Like mine is one sixty. I'm not gonna say by decision, cause Spivak isn't fat. Like he's he's a lean, heavyweight, like how Gon is. And I could see these boys going for five rounds. Like I I could see the cardio lasting for five rounds. And I just don't think SpeedVock's gonna be able to get him down, just like how we saw Sugar Sean O'Malley's footwork be able to not let Aljo get a good shoot a shot on him and tag him from the outside. I think we'll see Gone do a lot of that. He's gonna keep keep the feet moving, tag from the outside, and stuff any takedown that's coming from way too far.
1: Yeah. I mean Gone is just a Gon is the best. That's a great take. But um Gone is just the UFC's version of Anthony Joshua to me. Like we just don't really know what to do with him. Like he's not one of the <laughs> big, he's definitely up there top three, top top three in his division. But he's just not the champ, like you feel me, and I don't think he's gonna beat the next guy that's gonna be champ, like you feel me. Like that's just where he's a he's an interesting dude. I think he's um a st- he's a class above a lot of his talent, but the talent above him is just like another step. I think he's in a class by himself. There's an A class in the heavyweight division. It's probably just like Tom um Tom Aspinall and Cyril Guy.
0: I mean, and I, I mean, I don't want to put this guy in the same division because he hasn't fought nowhere near the same talent. But I'll go out on a limb and I'll just be like Jelton Almeida too.
1: He's B plus. He's B plus. B yeah, plus.
0: like he hasn't had his resume's not there yet. He still has to win like one or two. He has to beat Volkov. He goes yeah. to plus. I Volkov, Volkov, Volkov resume. Because Volkov is B minus. <laughs> yeah, you beat Volkov real quick, and then okay, welcome to the A club, buddy.
1: Yeah, welcome to the A club. And then the S is off. Um, the S tier is um um Pavlovich and Naganu and then John Jones is in a tier above that. Like you feel me, if you don't even know yeah, what they call was... the call super s Naganu's super s too, where are you
0: talking about?
1: No, 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 I fuck with Nuganu, but come on now. Come on now. Nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie to you. John Jones is built different kid. John I am rooting for Nuganu against Tyson Fury and I can't wait to cover that fight. But nah 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 John Jones is built different. Unless Nuganu really catches John which nobody in the history of ever has on um, John, especially if John trains for that fight, even DC knows us up. DC seen the, the DC seen the face off and he was like, see, Nugano might not show no fear, but he doesn't know that like there's a beast in that side, that motherfucker. And that face he just gave you showed that you're his prey. He's looking to hunt you. Like, yeah. Like, the biggest, the, one of the biggest things in the world, what ifs that I'm happy never happened was Izzy versus John Jones because come, that would have been terrible.
0: Oh, that would have been murder.
1: Yeah, I would have been bad. Alex versus John Jones is murder. So I wouldn't hate to see Izzy.
0: Uh, but I mean, your final pick gone, right? Do you, you have this going go on five or is it going to be? Uh, just- no, 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 no,
1: no, no. They're going to they handle this by the third. I got to get back to my event so they're going to look out and handle this by the third.
0: All right. And then I forgot, I mean, before we head out, I we completely forgot to hit on Benoit Saint denis is the fight before Marion Fero and Rose Namanunez. Last time we covered Benoit Saint denis he was like a plus four hundred underdog to Isabel Bonfum. He got a first round submission on Bonfum. And then before that, I mean he's he's kind of he's right he's written his own destiny. I called him a man's man because I found out he's part of like the he was part of the French special forces back in the day and then chose to go to MMA. And I, I was like, oh, like this guy's fucking out of a movie. Like, G.I. Joe, G.I. Den- GI Benoit Saint-Denise over here. But it's a pick Tiago Moses is a UFC vet. This is going to be the tall tale sign, in my opinion. This fight will tell. Is Benoit Saint-Denise just going to have that one good win, or is he legit? Because Mo- Moses has many wins over his resume. Alexander Hernandez, Bobby Green. Michael Johnson, Kurt Hobelblock, new uh tough winner, uh Christos Giagros, but his losses is Isla, uh, Islam Maklachev. Not bad. Uh Benil Dariush, My bad bad. DeMar Ismagulov, yeah, yeah. And then he got knocked out by Joe Alvarez. Who that's that not hurt. a great loss to be honest, but it's just but it's just like three out of four were great or good to great fighters and current champ. So, like Benoit Saint Denis, 11 and one. It's a pick them. That's another fight that y'all should tune in and watch. I'm taking the, the money. The, it, there are only three French fighters on this card: Sierra Gon, Ferriou, and Benoit Saint Denis. Brian Alder. I was
1: about to say, that's your parlay?
0: That's the parlay, bro. Put the France parlay out there. I, I won't have the odds right now. I will I will drop it in the comments. Go peep the comment section for the big bomb France parlay.
1: Hey mate. Don't forget to drop a like while you're over there, mother trucker.
0: All right, boys, but we're heading out of here. This has been UFC Paris by Totally Blitz Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. Go down, like Kev said, drop a like. Go down and comment. As always, uh, this is Paul, pick on Winham Contra. I was joined with Kevin, Waterboy Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know motherfuckers.